0: Good morning.
1: Morning. It's
0: good to see all of you this morning. A little housekeeping this morning. The mask mandate is over. If you want to wear your mask, wear your mask. We're not requiring that you have to wear it inside church. Uh, I will wear mine at the door. And while I'm sitting, but I will not wear it while I'm preaching, it will make it easier to breathe, so uh, try to do due diligence there. If you're running a fever, of course, we know to stay at home. It is pollen season, you will have a snotty nose at times, but if you are running a fever, please don't bring it here, we don't want it. Let us know, we'll pray for you. Um, Any prayer requests before we get started this morning?
1: Appreciate the prayers for my aunt and my family. My mom is a little; she's not really under the weather, but she's not real good today.
0: Okay. Remember, Jan's mother. Kristen paper, Chris her home.
1: Is he pray for Linda Hawkins. Linda Holcomb. a roller coaster. She was better, and they had the vent all the way down to like forty
0: percent, and then they ended up having to turn
1: it all the way back up to eighty-five percent.
0: Blood pressure, but I can't get it. Okay. Linda Hoffa. Any other prayer requests? Remember Krista and Chris, uh, I just spoke her on the way down here. Um They are in a lot of pain, of course. Uh, They are working at uh, recovery. So remember them. Any other prayer requests? If not, let us go to the Lord in prayer. Almighty God, we thank you for this day the many blessings of life. We thank you for this opportunity that we have this morning to gather together and to be able to worship you. We pray, Father, that you've heard all the need of prayer requests this morning. Those who are are sick and dying, Father, we ask you to give them a healing touch, Lord, where you see fit. For those who have undergone treatment and uh, surgeries and so forth, Father, we ask that you'd give them a healing touch, Lord, that you'd help to speed up their recovery. We pray for all those who have lost loved ones. We ask you to comfort them in their time of loss. We pray, Father, for this great nation. We pray for its leaders. We ask you to lead God direct them in all decisions that they make. May they lean upon your understanding and not their own. We pray for our men and women in armed forces, those who are at home, those who are abroad. We ask you to put a hedge of protection around them, keep them safe from harm, be with their loved ones in their, in their absence, give them that peace that passes all understanding. We pray, Father, for those unable to be with us this morning. Father, for whatever the hindering calls, we ask you to let them know that they're loved and missed. We pray for this church. We ask you to continue to use us as a light shining in darkness. We thank you for allowing us to be used as the hands and feet of your son, Jesus. We pray all this in his precious holy name as we pray together as he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, I will be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. At this time, if you would please stand as we affirm our faith together in the Apostles' Creed. Christians, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be see
1: Have an anniversary. Well, I guess everybody's the same age and stay married the same length of time this week. Alright, I brought uh, I brought something today. My nephew got pinned at pharmacy school this week and uh, and he starts his rotation, it was a big deal. And the keynote speaker did a, a wonderful talk, but what she didn't know is that she was speaking to me from Jesus. And uh about children's moment today, but this is for the children, I know, look at that, look at that, I, Lisa, you bought that, you didn't buy enough, because the Helen's voice, we know, like Dr. Pepper, anybody else in here like Dr. Pepper, big on Dr. Pepper, I love it too, okay, but the professor did a children's moment for adults, and um, so, and I'm going to copy her today, I'm giving her the credit for this, but I'm also going to alter it a little bit. This is what? Dr. Pepper. Pepper. Now, Dr. Pepper is a brand name. We all agree? Now, it's a brand name because before Dr. Pepper could go on the shelves for us to buy or in the coolers or whatever, before it could go there, it has to be tested, 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 tested for a very long time. Every ingredient that went in here had to be looked at to make sure it was safe to go in your mouth, down your throat, and in your food. Okay? All right. It took a lot of money for the people at Dr. Pepper to pay all those people to get Dr. Pepper exactly the way we all enjoy it. Now, what's this? Mr.
0: Pip,
1: right. now why is your face not all lit up like it was when I pulled this one out? Because that's a copycat. Uh-huh. Aha! <laughs> this is a generic. This is a generic. It's a ripoff. <laughs> For a lack of a better word, it's a ripoff. I like that. The people who made Mr. Pip did not do any testing did not pay any money, did not have any time put into making their product. They waited until the brand name did it. And then, because of copyright law in our country, they could copy their product and put it under another name. Now, this is the thing that the professor made real clear to me. In medicine, it's called generic medicine. And people don't want to take it. They say, give me the name brand. And I'm having to, this is a disclaimer. The FDA makes the generic be exactly like the brand name. Or they can't put it on, the, or they can't sell it. They can't use it. Now, they, ha- they can alter it a little bit. But it has to meet FDA standards. Now, why did I bring all that? Why did I tell you all that? Are you a brand-name Christian? Have you put in the time? Have you put in the effort? Have you prayed? Have you been saved? Do you attend the services? Do you hold your pastor up in prayer? Do you read your Bible? Do you do all the things Do you visit the sick? Do you care about the poor? When somebody says, pray for me, do you do it? Are you a brand-name Christian? Are you a knockoff? you sit and enjoy all the fruits that these people have done? And be a generic Christian. Both taste the same. Both are going to the same place. But, which one do you think, which one do you think God's the most proud of? The brand name. Now, Mr. Pip tastes really good. And if I can't get one of them, I'll get one of these. But, if I have a choice, which one do we take? All right, now, think about our Christian life. Let's think about that just a minute okay? I don't want to be a knock-off. Ye. I don't want to be a, I don't want to stand before my maker, my Jesus someday and say, well, I prayed a little. I went to church every once in a while. Uh, I, they cleaned up the church last week and they invited me to do it, but there's always somebody else there. They can do it. Generic. Brand nine. This is what Jesus wants yes. us to do. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. My precious Lord, if these children grow before us. Little Lincoln back there, even. Don't let us pass our Christianity off generically. Let us be brand name Christians. Let us be the ones that are the first ones there when there's a disaster, when there's a hurt or a pain or a need or a cause. Let us be brand-name. You were, you were absolutely, you didn't take a back seat, you didn't say let somebody else do it, or the famous phrase, somebody needs to, let us be brand-name, somebody Christians. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 23 Skidoo.
0: Well good morning, morning. have your Bibles with you this morning, turn to Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 4, verse 32 is where we're going to begin, mask mandate has been lifted, if you don't want to wear your mask in church, you don't have to, I'm not going to wear it while I'm preaching, I will wear it when I'm standing at the door, we will not shake hands, but I will bump fists with you, and then I'm going to lather up with... Jeremiah X So, Acts chapter 4, verse 32. And you there say amen. Amen. Scripture says All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. But they shared everything they had. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Father God, I thank You for the reading of Your Word. I pray now, Father, that You'd open our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our senses that we'd be receptive to Your Word, that we'd take and apply it to our lives that we may be better disciples of Your Son, Jesus. I pray now, Father, that You'd remove me from this. Use me as Your humble vessel. Speak Your Word through me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. How many of you like to share? How many of you like to share? Did the say he'll share? What's mine is mine is mine is mine. Is mine. Jacob, you you ride along with me, right? Joshua, what is Joshua's is Joshua's and what is Joshua's is Joshua and what is mine is Joshua's. That's the way it goes. He has a a host of crankbaits, Ronnie, that he's got out of my boat. And as long as he wrote his initials on it, because that was the whole stipulation when we started fishing together, is that he was going to write his initials on his crankbaits so that they wouldn't get mixed up with mine. And lo and behold, I have no crankbaits in my boat, but his is loaded down with his initials on it. There he is. He's got a better pen, undoubtedly. I didn't write my initials on mine. I said, if it doesn't have them, then it's mine. Now, what's, what's mine is his. So, do we actually like to share? No, we, we really don't like to share. But at times we will share, we will give to those who are less fortunate. Here, the believers uh, got together and were in one mind. This morning we're in one mind. We know that Jesus Christ is Lord of lords and King of kings and we've come together to worship Him. Amen. We're in one mind. We are thinking alike. So picking up in verse 33, with great power the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's grace was so powerful at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. So the disciples were uh, doing what God had called them to do to give and take care of those who were needy. and the people who were listening and learning from what Jesus had taught them, they were selling their property. Now, that's not saying they went out and sold the only house that they lived in in order to be able to give to the apostles. But what it is saying is that they had excess surplus, and so they were able to sell the things that they did not need and was able to give it so that the poor would not be poor. There would not be anyone needy among them. We know that if we've accepted Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us, and we feel that immediate conviction when we do something wrong, but also when the Lord is generally nudging us in a way to help someone in need. Amen. Mm -hmm. That we find ourselves, we can lean upon uh, discerning what is right and what is wrong and using the Holy Spirit to guide us to help us to give to those who are truly in need. So is it easy to give to those who are in need in the world today? It is if you truly believe that they are truly in need. Sometimes they put on a show, people will put on a show that they are in need and that they may have a need, yet they may not actually be doing that. They're just using the system to benefit themselves. Many times we may be faced with an opportunity to help someone, but we dare not give them just cash. Anybody ever been in a situation like that? You may go and help somebody, but you may go and pay a utility bill for them, and you pay it yourself. You can use these opportunities when somebody says, "Well, hey, I need help with my utility bill." So, All right, well, come on, let's go down there and we'll pay it right now. And if they're telling you the truth, if that's really what they want the money for, if they've gotten past the, the need of pride and they really truly need the help, they'll say thank you, and they'll get in the vehicle we need to go pay for. It. Amen. You can use that Holy Spirit within you to help you discern what is actually trustworthy and what isn't. But they sold land. They sold fields and everything that they had uh, excess of to give so that no one was in need. Look at First John. First John, chapter one, beginning in verse one through chapter two, verse two. So did God give to us anything that we needed ever in our life? Of course, He has. He provides us breath in our lungs. He provides for our needs every day. But He has given us something far greater than any need in the breath in our lungs. He gave us His Son, Jesus, so that if we would only accept Him, we could stand before Him as righteous. Here in 1 John, beginning in verse 1, it says, And our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. So their joy is being able to share the good news of Jesus Christ. And it makes it complete that they're writing this so that you can have the same joy. These apostles were accounted as uh, being accredited to their knowledge and to their truth that they had seen Jesus face to face, they had laid hands on him, they had touched him, they knew he was truthfully Jesus. They'd seen him perform all types of miracles. They had seen him battered and bruised and ridiculed and punished and put to death on the cross of Calvary. They'd seen him uh, placed in the tomb, and then they'd seen him arise and live again. They were writing all this for our benefit. Verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. How many of you would take off running in the middle of the night through the woods? You would leave the comfort of your home with light and take off running through the woods in the middle of the night? With no light. Why would you do that? You're going to grab a flashlight, aren't you? Right? The dog's barking and I'm heading out to see what's going on. I'm taking a flashlight. At least a flashlight. I won't be able to see what's in the dark, correct? Correct? Because chances are, I may stumble and fall over something in the dark. But he's not talking about just walking around in the daylight or the dark. He's talking about our spiritual lives. He's talking about living in the spiritual darkness. That we will stumble in spiritual darkness. But through the light of Jesus Christ, we can see where we're going. We will know what is right and what is wrong. Because the Holy Spirit comes and resides within us and gives us that guidance that we need if we'll only listen to it. Verse 8, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. There is not a one here this morning sitting from the oldest to the youngest sitting in here this morning that has not fallen short of the glory of God. For we all have sinned. Each and every one of us have sinned. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar and His word is not in us. We can't say we're perfect, can we? We've all sinned. Sin is not categorized in God's eyes as small, medium, or large. Sin is sin. Verse 1 of chapter 2. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. He's writing it so that you will not sin. He says, but if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the Righteous One. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. So not just for Scott's sins is he there for atoning, but he's there for the whole world's sins. That when I fall short of the glory of God and I do every day, I have to ask God to forgive me. We talked about this Wednesday night that there's times when we sin in our life and whether we want to admit it or not, there's things that we uh, sin without ever even knowing it. So we have to cry out to God every day, God forgive me for the sins that I've committed today that I knew I was doing and the ones that I didn't understand that I was doing. I want to, you want to know that you're forgiven of your sin. And so you cry out to God. And He's an advocate. Jesus is an advocate between us and God. He goes to him and says, Father, Scott is crying out for forgiveness of his sin, and my blood is an atonement for that. And I don't want you to look at his sin and his iniquity, yet I want you to look at, at me and my blood that makes him righteous before you. His atoning blood, his love, and his mercy. Look at John chapter 20. How many of you believe in ghosts? How many of you believe in ghosts? Am I the only one who believes in ghosts? Let me rephrase it. How many of you believe in spirits? Okay. How many of you believe in the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost. Amen. How about the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Amen, amen. You believe in it? How have you saw the Holy Spirit? Have you seen the Holy Spirit? I don't know which one's proper English. Some some teachers are going to help me out. Seen or saw? I don't know. Seen. See? Okay. Thank you, teacher. Have you seen the Holy Spirit? Have you seen actions of the Holy Spirit? Actions. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, even though you haven't seen the Holy Spirit? Yeah, absolutely. First John John chapter 20, I'm sorry, John chapter 20, beginning in verse 19. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, the doors were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. And Jesus came and stood among them and said, "Peace be with you." And after he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sin, their sins are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. So he breathed on them, and immediately they accepted the Holy Spirit. They received it into their lives. And that Holy Spirit helped them to discern what is right and what is wrong. It helped him to understand to be able to offer forgiveness of sins. When we accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells and resides within our hearts. That gives us that immediate conviction when we do something wrong. It helps to lead us in the right direction to know when someone is truly in need. Now, that doesn't mean that you always have to give money when somebody's truly in need. You can give of your time, your talents, your ability. A guy I worked with five years ago when he found out I had a heart attack, Joe, he he called me up and he said, look, if you need your grass cut or anything done, don't touch a thing. Me and my son will come take care of it. I said, well, I've got a son and he'll take care of it. But I appreciate you offering. He didn't offer me money. He said, if there's anything that you need, don't hesitate to call me. If you need me to go out and do anything, just call me, I'll do it. That's true friend didn't offer just monetary things, but offered His time, His ability, the effort. When we give to someone in need, it doesn't have to be money. When we listen to someone and listen to their troubles, maybe that's what they needed was someone just to listen. Maybe it's knowledge that we give to someone. Maybe it's the knowledge of the Word of God. That we give to someone in need. Jesus breathed on them and told them to receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 24. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, "Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not I will not believe." A week later his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them, and though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "Peace be with you." Again they're in a locked room and all of a sudden Jesus appears among them. How could this be? He's a ghost, right? He's a ghost. He's the Holy Spirit. He comes inside the room and He's with them. But can you touch a spirit? Can you touch a ghost? And another recording of this same story, Jesus asked for something to eat. And He says, a ghost, a spirit, doesn't need nourishment. And He shares a meal with them. He comes and He appears before them. Verse 27, Then Thomas said, Then he said to Thomas, verse 27, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Now, scripture doesn't say that Thomas actually put his finger into his hand, it doesn't say that he actually put his hand into his side. It says that Jesus said, He gave him the commandment to do so. But he says, Stop doubting and believe. Listen to what Thomas says in verse 28. Thomas said to Him, My Lord and my God. Jesus told him, He said, Here it is. Put your finger there and touch My hand. Put your hand into My side. And Thomas immediately says, My Lord and my God. How many have to see things in order to believe it? There are are doctors, millions of doctors in the world that are taught that if they look at a disease under a microscope, what it looks like. So that when they see it, they can believe that that's what it is. That they know that's the disease that a person has and they're able to diagnose it and maybe treat it. How many of you have seen actions of the Holy Spirit? How many of you have seen God's actions in life? I always knew that there was a God. I always knew that there was a God. But then when I got married and Joshua came along, when he was born, I saw another blessing, another joy, another, another realization, another affirmation for me that God is real. And immediately when he drew his first breath and he began to cry, I thought, Lord, what have I done? Because he had a healthy set of lungs. The Lord had blessed me. We see things that God has given us. The youngest ones in here, if they've ever seen a rainbow, they need no other evidence that God exists and that He is, he is alive and well and that He truly is God. For Scripture talks about the rainbow. He says, I'll set my bow in the cloud when there's a flood or when there's a rain to, to show the example and the covenant that I've made with all human beings and all life on earth. That never again will I destroy all life on earth with water. Never again. And so we teach children from early age when you see a rainbow and you point it out to them and say, do you see it? Do you see it? And then you share that story that was shared with you years ago about who God is. And because we see that, we believe. Verse 29, Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen Me, you have believed. He told He told Thomas, Because you have seen Me, you have believed. Because seeing is believing. Correct? Or is it? Jesus says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. I haven't seen Jesus face to face. One day I will. One day I will see Jesus face to face. I still believe in him, even though I haven't seen him. I still believe that he's in the saving business because I see it every day. I still believe that God is in the healing business because I see it all the time. I still believe that there's a Holy Spirit that watches after us. And if you don't believe it, look at everything that Krista and Chris have gone through in the last month. There is a plan for them in their life. I don't know what it is. The Lord has a plan for them. He has something He wants them to do. We have to believe even though we don't see. We have to believe it. And if you believe in Jesus Christ this morning, you're what? Blessed. You're blessed because you know Him and you know where you'll spend eternity when this world is over. And we're blessed even though we haven't seen Jesus face to face. We know Him. Do you know him this morning? Can you claim for yourself this morning that you are blessed? If you don't this morning, I hope and pray that you will receive the Holy Spirit this morning. That you will allow Jesus to come into your life. And make you a new creation. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father. Lord, I thank you. For the examples you set before us, Lord, that there's always a little Thomas in every one of us that we may doubt. But Father, you, you sent your Son into this world that we may believe. And in believing in Him, we may have salvation. Lord, I pray if there's someone here this morning who hasn't believed in Jesus, that they will confess their sins this morning. They will accept and allow your Holy Spirit to come and dwell within them. And that they would receive that gift of salvation. And for those of us, Father, who know your Son, Jesus, as our Lord and Savior, help us to always live a life of a believer. That, Lord, we will live a life of not generic, but of name brand. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. If you would, please stand as we receive our benediction, and I'm going to pray for our offering. Um, the offering plate is at the back as you go out the door. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity. We give back to you a portion of what you so blessed us with. We ask, Father, that you bless both the gift and the giver, that you use these times and offerings to glorify your kingdom around the world. And, Lord, may we help those who are in need. Father, be with us now as we go out into the world. Help us to live a life of believers that others may come to know and accept your son Jesus as our Lord and Savior. In his precious holy name we pray. Amen and amen. amen.